Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. And I'm Matt O'Hara. And I'm Garrett Price. And currently, we're on Zoom. This is a a Zoom podcast. And next week's podcast will be a Zoom podcast as well. Uh, And hopefully, the podcaster of that, we won't be in Zoom, but we'll find out. Uh, Today, we are wrapping up our rookie content all together as our film breakdowns, at least from that standpoint. We got a lot of work to go because a lot of things are going to change here after NFL draft, which comes up one week from this Thursday. Uh, So, the plan is to record a show. This Sunday, uh, before the NFL draft, we have some team people going to the NFL draft and got some meetings going on there. So what we're going to do is on Sunday, record our pre-NFL draft mock draft for the regular show. And then we're going to do our top 36 rankings consensus between the three of us before the NFL draft. And you got to remember that's that's important as well, because these rankings will be based off the merit of their college play and the upside for their fantasy football potential. And then after the NFL draft, of course, all of this will change. Some of these guys will rise. Some of these guys will drop. But uh, we'll find out in a little over a week. And that, remember, the, the day after the NFL draft, we're going to record our regular show early. That should come out probably either Monday or Tuesday at the latest to get you guys all that information uh, prior to your rookie drafts as well. So make sure you get that out to you there. And today we're going to talk about, like I said, the receivers, our final group of receivers, some really high upside guys here. And of course, some guys are just straight turd Ferguson, but Hey, they all can't be great. Right. So got to talk about all of them. Yep. We got to talk all about them. If you're on YouTube and you're wondering what happened to my nose, uh, pretty (laughs) much, uh, walked into a garage door that was about (laughs) nose level. And I walked into it pretty briskly. So uh, that's what happens when you text and walk around. Yeah. You can't text (laughs) and walk anymore. (laughs) I was like, I could be Jalen Waddle too, right into the garage. Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. No, nothing's broken. Just a little scrape, to be honest with you. That looks terrible. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into this show, let's talk about one of our great sponsors, and that's Dynasty Depot. That's right, DynastyDepot.com. You got to get over to DynastyDepot.com right now. Use that promo code NERDS. What is that promo code going to get you? It's going to get you their yearly package, a deep discount for $14.99 a year. And you're like, $14.99? Rich, what am I getting for $14.99? Well, you're going to get an opportunity to buy and sell FFPC dynasty teams like you're on eBay at your leisure. This is going to give you opportunity. Remember, after this NFL draft, your rookie drafts are going to come up, and then we have months of nothing to do. Why don't you buy some new dynasty teams that you can restructure, rearrange, and make and sell them for profit, or just play them out and win leagues over many many years? FFP is a great platform to host all your dynasty fantasy football leagues. And Dynasty Depot is going to give you an opportunity to buy as many of those or sell as many as you want for profit. You can flip Dynasty teams. You can buy Dynasty teams. And they also put you in a good position to win a lot of good prizes. Throughout the regular season, they have a big leaderboard that's going to put you in a position to play in the FFPC Championship, which is going to give you an opportunity to play for a $500,000 prize if you draft a good enough team. It doesn't matter what your stakes are. If you want to buy a $75 team or an $1,100 team, Dynasty Depot's got the teams for you. Get out there, check out the teams. Remember, 
you don't have to sign up to look at these teams. You can look at the teams that are available and then sign up. Or you could be like, hey, I can draft better than all these teams. Let me sign up at FFPC. Let me draft a team. I'm going to put a team on Dynasty Depot and I'm going to make a couple bucks. You're going to love it. I love it. I know the fellows love it too. Get to DynastyDepot.com right now. Use that promo code NERDS and get yourself some cash in that pocket for being such an awesome Dynasty drafter. All right, guys, let's get into the, our final group of rookie wide receivers. And there's not a better guy to break off this, this chain of awesomeness than Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama, five foot nine, 180 pounds. And if you're looking for a guy in this draft who offers the highest ceiling for fantasy football production, it's Jalen Waddle. There's nothing I like more than watching players that play football in general that look like they're just different species of human beings. Cause that's what Jalen Waddle is. This guy gets the ball in his hands and he has speed. That's on a different level. You know, just like having your rugs, Tyree kill, they get the ball and they're running. Everybody else is chasing them. But what's different about Jalen Waddle too, is this is a guy that has good route run ability. He has great vision. This is a guy who 11 of his 20 touchdowns went for 50 yards. This is a guy, when he gets off the line, defensive backs are immediately on their toes and wonder what they're going to do. Like I said, runs really good smile, uh, routes. He gets in and out of his breaks so quickly, smo- so smooth. We'll play over the middle field. He'll go up. He'll get the ball. I mean, he's just absolutely dynamic when it comes to being a fantasy football wide receiver. Because remember, we're looking for guys that could take the top off and offer big-time production because big-time production equals fantasy football production. And to me, Jalen Waddell seems to me, he comes as my wide receiver three because other guys are just more premier, you know, hands route runner uh, receivers. But I can easily see Jalen Waddell end up being the number one fantasy producer over the next five years for what he brings to the table. I mean, he's absolutely electric in the kick return game at the receiver end arounds, quick slants, deep routes over the middle. I mean, he's electric in all three levels of the field. And for me, I really like Jalen Waddle. Out of a couple of things before you guys get in your takes that I didn't like about Jalen Waddle, which is there's not really a whole lot, is I know he's coming off that ankle injury, but he did come back for the national championship game. Um, he he sometimes makes a couple body catches that I don't love because I, I mentioned how I'm not a big-time body catcher guy. And what I also saw was, like, for a guy that's so fast, like his lateral quickness, like his lateral agility uh, – isn't as dynamic as, as an overall player. But besides that, I'm, I'm being, trying to be in like really nitpicky here with Jalen Waddle because for a guy, for a guy with his speed, you know, you don't expect to be such a solid route runner with such solid hands, but he, he to me really is the whole package. If he was the number one receiver, I don't think he would be, but if he was the number one receiver off the board in this, in this third upcoming Thursday NFL draft, it would not blow my mind at all. I mean, I don't think I'd, it would blow my mind. He he does offer such an explosive element to his game that I think NFL teams in general just kind of going to drool over that um, that facet of his game. But like you said, I, I think there are some things he needs to work on. I mean, I think he could clean up his routes and become a little bit more diverse in some of the things he does from just a strictly route running standpoint. And he's I think you kind of nailed it with the lateral agility. I mean, I think he's very explosive in and out of cuts, but he is not, he's not one of these guys that's going to be making guys miss, like juke them out of their shoes. I think in the open field, he's going to outrun most guys at the boundary. And I think that's how he wins in the open field for the most part. 
Um, but like you said, there is there's not a lot to to dislike about him. Um, so I mean, you know, saying those things, it is it is very nitpicky. Um, you know, as of now, I think he's going to be my my third, fourth at the very lowest um, by the time you know the draft rolls around, uh, wide receiver in this draft. So there's not a lot to not like. I, I think you know, contested catch uh, is probably one of the things that I saw him kind of struggle with when there was guys around him, I saw him drop. I, I, I marked it down in the, in the opportunities that I saw he dropped. I only saw him. Yeah. He dropped two out of five passes. So it's not like horrible, but it was so the two that he dropped. I think he really should have caught. Um, and he didn't. So um, that's, like I said, very, being very nitpicky, um, but lots of like about Jalen Waddle. Jalen, Jalen's going to get a lot of comps to Henry Ruggs because they played at the same school. They played around the same time. They're both speed demons. The thing I like, and this is something I mentioned to Rich when we were first starting to talk about these prospects, is if you like Henry Ruggs, which I know Rich was a huge fan of Henry Ruggs last year, Jalen Waddle does all of the things that, that Ruggs does just better. Uh, I, I think, you know, one of the issues that we had with Henry Ruggs last year is there was almost no lateral agility. Part of the reason Jalen Waddle was so good on punt returns is he could, I, I think you're right in saying like he didn't, doesn't have elite lateral agility, but he is going to make guys miss. And he's very decisive when he puts his foot in the ground and he's able to, to find angles much better. I think had that more open field vision planning for the next phase of what's going on in front of him a lot better than, uh, than we saw from Henry Ruggs. I do think he can go up and get the ball a little bit better as well. Uh, and, and even, even in situations, he, he plays a lot from the slot, but even, even for when he's from the outside, uh, which he didn't do very often, but it wasn't like, you know, he was getting jammed a ton. Uh, I don't think he has the biggest catch radius uh, overall. And I don't think he's a super physical player. So those, those things are something you would expect though, from somebody that's not the biggest player on the field. So overall, he ended up coming in as my wide receiver five, Sorry, one, two, three, four. Sorry, four. Wide receiver four. And uh, he ended up with a 77.9 uh, with my nerd score there. Who, who's the other receiver, Jared, besides uh, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith? I have Rashad Bateman just a hair above. Okay. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, Bateman's definitely like the safest player. I, he's like one of the safer receivers in his class. I wouldn't right. argue that. But it's and then for me, Elijah Moore is like, right there like their scores we'll talk about him next one uh next right. episode but 77.9 locked in at my wide receiver five and i'd have no problem taking him above bateman I, I i wouldn't as of today let's see where the land spots are but yeah we're gonna talk about our next episode i mean i absolutely love elijah moore's game and Mike he was the, the one player. and he was the person i was talking to when i said jalen waddle is three or maybe four I, it was flip flopping gotcha. between those two players. Yeah, yeah but I, this is Matt's first time actually digging into Elijah Moore. Like right. we've been talking about him for a couple of weeks now. Matt, was, sure. this is his first chance to get into him. So get, make sure you watch the uh, the Nerd Herd episode so you you hear all about him. Absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned his vision, Jalen Waddle's vision. I absolutely love his vision. I mean, that's why he was a solid punt returner too. I mean, average nineteen point three yards uh, per return. I think we had a couple of touchdowns there for Alabama as well. The one where he got like sprung around. Uh, and he went backwards, but then ran away all the way up field. It was great. This, this is a guy just tremendous. I love his vision. I love the way he gets off the line so quickly. You mentioned the slot. I can easily see him playing outside and you're right. You know, he's only five foot nine, 180 pounds. So he's not going to be the most physical receiver, but I don't need him to be because 
you know, most defensive backs in the NFL aren't big defensive backs anyways. And what he's always going to win at is going to be his speed. His fantasy product, he's got, he's got good enough hands and he's got the speed that's going to offer that, that fantasy football reduction. This guy is going to be good enough to get you like he, he's going to average 80 yards a game. Even if he gets three catches, you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he's the kind of guy that's going to give you double digit points week in and week out. I mean, there's not a lot like from a fantasy football aspect, which is what we really care about here. I mean, he can make your mouth drool with a potential they give a ring. You hear a lot of people that like, I trust, you know, like Jared Wackerly, Michael Lou. Ray Garvin, they say this is the closest comp you're going to get to Tyree Kill coming to the NFL. And you know, a lot of people will say, oh, they have Tyree Kill potential. But that's that's a fallacy. Matt, you talk about it all the time. Like, nobody has the quick feet to be able to get off right. the line like a guy like Tyree Kill has. And that's the Jim thing. Model does get off the line well. He gets off the line really well. I just don't think he's as laterally explosive as Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill. And that's, I think, where the difference between a guy like Tyreek Hill and pretty much everyone else. It, it, it is it funny, really too, when you see a lot of those cops, because Tyreek Hill was a running back. Like, we weren't even able to evaluate him as, like, a college prospect at wide receiver uh, for the most part. So, like, he, he was just such a hard guy to even know what he was. The right. whole the whole situation with him was a, was a real anomaly. And I think, I think if, you know, if staying with the running back analogy, Jalen Waddle is like a one cut and go type of runner where Tyreek Hill can make people guys, he can make people miss in the open field and string together multiple moves and go, you know what I mean? Like that's where the difference in, in these two players, I think lies. But again, that's what we said close. Cause we say equal right. to Tyreek Hill because Tyreek yep. Hill is literally one of a kind, uh, an elite 26 year old asset to be 27 this year in the dynasty game. Uh, top five dynasty raw receiver. And hopefully maybe we'll be talking about Jalen Waddle in that same context here in about three to four years. Really excited to see where he ends up and what scheme he's going to end up in. You know, I don't want to see, but you know what, you know, we always talk about all these receivers that, that can go to Baltimore, but like, Oh, he went to Baltimore, bump him down. I think Jalen Waddle, even though he won't be there for Baltimore, I think even Jalen Waddle and Baltimore scheme, like I could live with it. some short intermediate passes to get the ball in his hand open the game up Lamar Jackson on the run on the outside. But I mean, Jalen Waddle to me, I don't really see a scheme where I don't love him in. You know what I mean? No, but I think there are schemes that will play to his strengths, a more creative scheme, somebody that can get him out in space and get him the ball quickly and stuff like that. Like you mentioned, I'm just not sure if Baltimore is the volume that he would need in order to, to be fantasy relevant, just because they just don't throw the ball enough. They just want to run. Yeah. Volume, I guess is the number one. Right. Uh, uh, Point there, but I mean, Waddle's expected to go top 15, so he's not going to go anywhere. Like, we're not looking at Green Bay, we're not looking at Baltimore, anyways. We're gonna be looking at these teams that are a little bit higher up in the draft. But again, I mean, even a, a team like you know, Miami, where mm-hmm. he could see, like you mentioned, about the targets that he could see there, that'd be a bump for him, just the amount of targets he would see, uh, early on with Tua Tagovailoa. Preston Williams, Mike Kosicki. Who? who? I think there was an extra Ola in there. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not very good at speaking. So I do this podcast. We hear how bad I am at talking. Hard time living. Oh, man. But yeah, it, I, I, I do. I, I like Waddle. He was a guy that the more I watched him too, the more he grew on me. Uh, because I tend to not like smaller receivers that are speed guys. Uh, so I, they tend to fall down my board more often than not, just because typically the nature of those guys are, you know, 25 point week, four point week, 30 point week, six point week, you know, like that's kind of their nature. I think, I do think he has the uh, enough abilities outside of his speed 
to be able to be more consistent than your average deep threat. And he can win at multiple levels too. Yep. So I think he can be involved in, in the passing game more than just get this guy, the ball out of the slot really quickly or get the ball long to him. Like he's right. not, he's not one or the other. He can do both. Yeah. That's what I, said. I mean, I can see him winning all three levels. I mean, the deep ball, like he, he, he tracks the ball. Well, he adjusts to the ball. Well, uh, he, he's not afraid to go up and get the football whatsoever. Nope. This is a guy that will, you know, just, I just, I really like the way he plays wide receiver for a guy who's so fast. It's, you don't see a lot, of, like you mentioned, Gary, like you don't see a lot of guys that bring so much to the table. that have this kind of speed. A lot of them are very one dimensional and Jalen Waddle for a guy of his size and his speed is very well-rounded for a prospect, which is why he'll go very high in this NFL draft. Yep. Yep. So guys, Jalen Waddle averaged a career 9.8 yards after catch per reception, which was most among all power five wide receivers since 2014. Wow. that doesn't shock me whatsoever. He's just so dynamic. Like I said earlier, I mean, the guy had how many, he had 20 career touchdowns that went for over 50 yards, 20 career touchdowns over 50 yards. Most uh, receivers are happy to have 20 career touchdowns. I'm sorry. 11, 11 of his 20 career touchdowns oh, okay. went for 50 plus yards. It just, I mean, he's just a dynamic explosive weapon. Cool. Cool. Let's move on. Next guy. Yep. Let's, let's do talk it. about Terrace Marshall out of LSU. Another big time prospect at a big time school. Six foot two and a half, two hundred and five pounds, and you're talking about a guy who, coming out of high school, was the number one receiving prospect in the country. So, you know, coming back to all you Debbie guys, Garrett, this guy coming out yep. of high school was a big time prospect. He's another guy that opted out at the end of November this year, so he didn't play the full year. He wanted to get out of there, but this is a, when I watched Terrace Marshall, I came away pleasantly surprised. I currently have him in my first round of one QB rankings. I do like his upside. I really like his speed. Um, I like his size. This is a guy who averaged 104.4 yards per game last year, ran a very good route treat for me. I mean, again, a guy who attacks the football field could play at all three levels and make plays tracks the ball really well for a guy of his size. I liked his route running. His feet were pretty quick. Uh, I like what he did there. Could play in the slot, play on the outside as well for LSU. Kind of like how they use Justin Justin Jefferson on the slot, and they'll use him on the outside there as well. Um, pr- pretty tough after the catch as well. Uh, for a guy who's six foot two and a half, six foot three, two hundred pounds, you expect a guy to play physical, and he does give that because we do have some receivers we're gonna talk about later that are big that do not play physical whatsoever. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yep. That now, true. even though he's receiving, he's tough and physical after the catch. I mean, forget about Terrace Marshall in the run game. I wanted to watch, watch him try to run block. And I felt like I could run block uh, better than that. And I showed my garage door that this Monday as well. So I showed, I showed what my abilities could be. Um, I didn't like, I, I didn't like for a guy who's six foot, almost six foot three that were like the defensive back was able to kind of like sometimes get him off his route. Like a physical DB was kind of able to like slow him down a little yep. bit. I just seemed a little bit better there. Maybe use his hands a little bit more. Um, also did for a guy again, who's big, and he plays physical. He didn't break a ton of tackles as well uh, out in the open field. Had a couple drops there. But overall, I think he offers some really good upside. I think some of those drops are focus drops. Um, and I think there's some some things he can clean up in his routes. Like sometimes get a little fancy with his like, you know, get a little fancy dancing out there. But overall, as a prospect, I think Terrace Marshall is a first round prospect in Dynasty rookie drafts. I think it offers really good upside. 
He offers some good pedigree as well. Real interested to see where he goes in this NFL draft. I can see him being a second rounder, seeing what situation he's going to land in. Uh, this is a guy I can easily see landing in the right spot to see a big boost in his dynasty stock. Yeah. So um, Terrace Marshall, he's an interesting guy. I think you nailed it. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think his, his hands were a bit um, unreliable and that was the biggest thing that I saw on tape where that, that bugged me, but they did seem to be concentration type of issues because he would make difficult catches and then it would be like the easy ones kind of close to the line of scrimmage. He's running a slant or he's running a crossing pattern and he's just dropping those kind of passes, which to me, I mean, there's bodies around you. You're kind of turning your head before you get the ball and you just make the drop. So hopefully that's something he can get cleaned up. Um, but some of the other things, I mean, he at times, I think, ran really nice routes and other times they didn't look great. So this is, a, again, the theme with him seems to be inconsistency. The good is is very good. And I, and I like what I see. Um, and I see a lot of upside and potential, probably, you know, why he was the number one recruit, uh, the number one re wide receiver um, that year. But maybe the inconsistency is why he never kind of flourished and blossomed and kind of passed some of these other wide receivers on the depth chart. It kind of took some of these other guys leaving for him to get his chance this past season. And he did. He led, I mean, he led the team 48 receptions, 731 um, receiving yards and 10 touchdowns, despite the fact that he missed a game. Uh, with injury and then he opted out of the final two games so there's there's still a lot of upside and the quarterback play obviously dropped off you know um, this past season as well so I don't know if I mean all of that wrapped up kind of goes into a mindset where a wide receiver kind of checks out here and there when you've been on this amazing team you've been on this all this high-powered offense and then all of a sudden like everyone's gone you're the last piece of it you you saw some of that too on his 2020 tape. There'd be times where he would look like, dude, like what's going? Like Jamar opted out. Everybody's mm -hmm. gone here. Right, quarterback's not played. Like there's times he did seem like he was like, oh, I'm just not as interested in being here. I'm probably going to opt out in November, and it's October 31st. <laughs> That's exactly. So I I like the good that I've seen out of him. I I feel like you I I don't like the fact that he thought like that, but I think that is what I saw on tape anyway. And that, that kind of explains what I saw, some of the inconsistencies I saw, but I mean, only time will tell. I, I do have him fairly high just based off his, off his upside and kind of a lack of liking anyone else in this class. <laughs> <laughs> now I, uh, I'm a little bit lower than you guys are on, on Terrace Marshall. I currently have him at a 73.15 for my nerd score, which puts him as wide receiver 11 uh, and that's behind guys like Amon Ra, Kadarius Tony, uh, Austin Watkins, Amari Rogers. So I, I, th I think he's a good player. But when I look through my scores, there's no area where I'm like, this is where he consistently wins. Like, this is the area where he just dominates. I, I think he has good speed. Uh, he tested really well. The LSU pro day was a little issue, uh, iffy, but, uh, you, you can see it on tape. He has good speed, but there's not a lot of bend in his game. Uh, he's kind of stiff gets off the line pretty well. Uh, you're, you guys, Williams or Terrace Marshall. <laughs> What's that? We're talking about Seth, Will Seth Williams or Terrace Marshall. We'll, we'll get to Williams. I'm but just making sure there's I'm some gonna, similarities in my in, notes in about Seth Williams all of a sudden. So I understand <laughs> why you're down a little bit around the wide receiver 11, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> 
it, he has a, he has a pretty good catch radius, but you guys are right. Uh, his, his hands are are inconsistent. You'll see some some really nice catches and then some just oops. Uh, so there's just there's just not that one thing that I can point to that I'm like, oh, he's really great after the catch. <laughs> not really. Uh, you know, he tracks the ball incredibly well and has this amazing catch radius. Eh, he's he's fine. You know, and, and I think that's just where I came out is I think he's a good prospect. He's not overly quick. Uh, he doesn't have for, for having pretty good top end speed, not a super bursty player. He's just fine to me. Yeah. I, I think in today's NFL, you could live, uh, in fine. We see it every year now with teams, you know, giving us two wide receiver one from the same team, right? I mean, we had two running back one from the same team last year. Sure. We're seeing a lot more of high end receivers be on the same team. And when I think Terrace Marshall lives, and we're here to find success in the, at the next level for our dynasty fantasy football purposes is I think Terrace Marshall is a very good number two wide receiver, right? Like I don't want him to come in and be the number one guy. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for him to maybe get drafted in the second round of the NFL draft uh, somewhere around there, maybe even later to a good team, like a, a team like green Bay. Cause I think he, I think he's even better um, on the outside on the second level, you know, getting out to the third level of the field. And to me, I think he's a really good number two and seeing defenses like number two cornerbacks and living there with a very solid quarterback. I think that's where he's going to strive and offer the most upside for fantasy football potential. So, yeah, I don't think he's a number one wide receiver or anything like that, but I like his play enough. And I think see the upside enough for that point, that him being a really good number two wide receiver, I'm fine with a, that. Guy, a guy that could be like, obviously he's not as savvy as a route runner of the guy like Cooper cup, but you know, a guy that, Cooper cup has a one year wide receiver one finish, right? Like sure. uh, where Robert Woods to me is definitely the number one receiver in that draft where Jarvis Landry's had uh number one wide receiver. Well, he's, he was the number one wide receiver in those kind of teams, but does that make <laughs> sense? What I'm kind of saying is like, he's the number two in that team, but he I'm, offers that high end wide receiver two upside for your dynasty fantasy football team for about three to four years. I'm, I'm totally fine with him as a wide receiver two on an NFL team. Uh, and I think, I think that's where the disconnect that I've seen a lot on, uh, you know, Twitter and, and things like that lately is he keeps getting pushed up people's boards and, uh, you know, above some some really, really talented players. I've seen him as high as, you know, top three in the class for some people. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I think I think he's a wide receiver, two on an NFL team. And I think he's a, a wide receiver, three for fantasy football. Like, I just don't think. I don't think he's special. And I, I see a lot of mocks that have him at the end of the first round or very, very beginning of the second round. And, you know, I'm thinking about guys last year. Now, granted, last year was a legendary class, but we were, we were looking at T Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. In that range, you know, to, yeah. to Terrace Marshall, like, no, like he need he needs to be more towards that end of the second. I would, I wouldn't want to take him personally till the beginning of the third uh, for an NFL draft. And he's probably more a second round guy in my, in my uh, dynasty league rookie drafts. Yeah. I have in the very back end of my first and, and you're right. Last year's rookie classes to me, is significantly better than this year's rookie class. I think, I especially think that tier two. Uh, yeah. You're right. The tier two was because this tier yep. one to me, it's, it's a locked in tier one to me. And that is, it's almost not even a locked in tier one. Cause you have, you have Jamar chase and Devonte Smith right there. Those guys to me are one, two week in week out. Yep. Um, either way you want to go it. And then, then you have Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore for me personally, those guys right there, however you want to take them that I have, I have no debate over it whatsoever. 
And then after that, that's when you take a step That's where down. the fall off is. Yeah, yep. that's, what, that's when you get to Rondale Moore. That's See, I have more Terrace up there. Marshall. Yeah. That's for me when you get to Nico Collins. I have Nico Collins probably higher than anybody else in the dynasty community because I have Nico Collins. I honestly have Nico Collins right up there with for fantasy with Rondale Moore. Honestly, I have, I have wow. him right there. Um, so, for, for, so for me, I think there's a big step down. Compared to last year, we had a couple steps, but they're all small step downs. Like you weren't like taking these big steps as you kept taking them to the next tier. This to me, you got tier one, tier two, and it's like, oh, hello, tier three. I almost, I almost fell. Is that a garage door. <laughs> There's, there are big drop offs. I'm totally with you there. And that's what I meant when I said, you know, Terrace Marshall's up because I'm just not that high on a lot of other people. Um, it's not because I love him and I think he's like amazing. I, I, I think he offers some upside. So I'm going to, I'm going to boost him up above some of these guys that I just, I don't like overly like that much. And some of them are going to hit, like, I like guys, you know, Austin Watkins. We talked about, we liked mm-hmm. him. Like mm-hmm. I like Amari Rogers, you know, that's I guess somebody who offers upside. They're, they're all right there in that bubble for me. It's like, okay, where are they going to land? I can see these guys. I can see these guys jumping each other just by the NFL draft, right? Like, Oh, look sure. where Amari Rogers ended up. Look, look, where, look at Austin Watkins got drafted higher than we thought he would. Look at us. Oh, I'd be um, so happy. So it, it's exciting. And we'll have way more clarity on all of this after the NFL draft, which yep. is some people like, true. oh, nice cheap way out. It's like, no, dude, like who doesn't readjust their board after an NFL draft? You have to do it. It's not, you have to do it. Otherwise you're going to draft Leontay Carew way too high. And look how that panned out. Leontay Carew, more like Leontay who? Yeah, exactly. Nobody even knows who the hell I'm talking about. Let's move on. Seth Williams, Auburn, Ooh. wide receiver. Six foot three, 211 pounds. If you're looking for a guy that looks like a stud wide receiver, Seth Williams is your man. This is a guy when you put him in the red zone, he's going to jump up. He's going to get that ball. He, you know, he's a former like all state basketball player. And when he's in that red zone, he looks like an all state basketball player. Cause he'll get up, he'll box out. He's going to come down with that football. He's in really good hands. 37 inch vertical. Watch he, he, out. Well, look, I mean, is this Michael Jordan? No, it's Seth Williams <laughs> that we're talking about. He's not afraid to play over the middle. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, again, very big wingspan, good catch radius, strong hands. 81 right. inch wingspan, 81 and an eighth inch. All right. So that's, that's, that's all my good stuff. I got to say about <laughs> Seth Williams <laughs> dominates in the red zone dominates as a possession receiver over the receiver. Now, when you talk about the bad things is this is a guy, his route run-ins are very lazy to me. Uh, he runs lazy routes, pretty much has type hits, gets out of his, uh, gets out of his breaks. Very not, not fast, well. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, doesn't have the deep speed. Didn't produce against these high-end teams. Like when he played like Alabama, uh, you know, all the SEC, when he played those guys, he didn't produce uh, much at all. This is a guy who's not very quick off the line. His burst is okay. His routes are okay. Uh, I think he offers, like, he's he's very one-dimensional in my eyes. And when you look at him, he's a very pretty wide receiver to look at. But, like, when you talk about these receivers, like, Garrett, when you watch uh, another receiver out of the same school, Darius Slayton, right? You're right. like, oh, I like this guy. This guy offers fantasy football upside. Yep. I, I just, when I watch Seth Williams, like, I want to like him. I feel like he's a player like he could have some success if he could put his act together and try a lot harder. 
right? Yep. Like if he really wants to put together, because it seems to me like, uh, I know we were talking earlier before the show and Jared was like, he just seems lazy to me. I'm like, yes, that's the word I want to use. He seems lazy at times of playing fantasy uh, or football, but like, this is a guy, if he put together, I mean, he could be like an Allen Robinson, you know what I mean? I mean, he's that kind of player, but if I had to, if you were like, you had a gun to my head and you're like, Rich, will Seth Williams be a good NFL player? I'd be like, uh, no, <laughs> no. I feel like there's one way that he's like Allen Robinson and it's because he's six foot three, 211 pounds. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looks like basically it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That is. And in the red zone, he looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wear similar colors as the bears, you know, right. Auburn and the bears. That's that's where he got me. That's where he got me. That's where he got you. Trickster. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. For me, this feels like another one of these Auburn guys that just, really can't play football or doesn't care about football enough. I don't know I, that whole school. I feel like they, they, <laughs> they, bring in, they bring in fantastic athletes. They just, none of them know how to play football and Seth Williams. I mean, I think he can actually kind of play. I don't think he gives a crap though. So like you were saying, um, I, Right, it wasn't guys just get, me. Guys like, get their hands lazy, right? For, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for a guy that's, you know, six foot three, 211 pounds, he doesn't play physical enough. Like if a guy gets his hands on him, I, I feel like he struggles to get off the line a bit. Um, he's inconsistent um, in a lot of areas in his route running in his catching. Uh, I just, I don't know. He's a guy that I'm not going to be in on anywhere. Uh, I mean, sure. If Seth Williams hang around the fifth round, I'll take a flyer on him, but there's no way he's going to be. Um, well, I, would, I, I would probably in the right land spot. In the foul, I'll take him in the third round. If he was like in the right spot, but I feel like this year's draft in the third round, I'm taking all running backs. If I pick three, one or three, 10, it's all, all the upside Smith. guys. Tight end. <laughs> all, yeah. Tight end. Jared Patterson. Backs. Trace. Hill, Elijah Mitchell. About- all those guys. Where are they at? Give me whoever's left over. Uh, I love a, like Elijah Herbert just keeps rising. Oh, Elijah Herbert. Elijah Herbert. Uh, You're just making up running backs. Khalil now. Herbert. Sorry. Khalil. I, about I nodded and I went, uh-huh. And went, wait a minute. Uh, like, Elijah Moore coming to my next show. No, but, but anyway, I, I that, and that's what I meant by like fifth round. Like, cause I'm just, I don't know. I feel like there's higher upside guys at different positions than a lot of these wide receivers who I, that I just don't see a lot from yeah, uh, a lot weird. of these guys are just fading into like one big blob for me. And it's not a good blob. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, like, you're, you're, uh, you're constipated. That's what this blob is. It just gets you constipated and you just want to get out of your system, but you can't get digging into your, your, whatever that is out there. <laughs> your so, Let's uh, move get, on from that. Analogy. So, so they get to be free. It's like, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, that, uh, that, that, well, who's that Scottish man, Braveheart begging for freedom out there. <laughs> But because this this class was supposed to be like a really strong receiver class, right? That was the whole hype of this class. And now that yeah. now that we're done to class, it's like I would just rather gamble on like all these running backs that are coming into this draft. Uh, there's some really good like there's some upside there at the running yeah. back. Like nobody like blows your doors off, but they blow your doors off better than some of these average receivers in such a like a crowded mass of influx of young talent we've seen. It's like. Well, a lot of the talent that's coming the draft over the last three years is better than the second half guys that are coming in this year, I guess. Just a so, lot of guys, not a lot of talent. You done? I don't know. <laughs> you see what you, 
Just, oh. just start talking again. He'll cut you off. Just, just go ahead. Saw, yeah, I'm done. I saw the colonels. <laughs> so Seth Williams got a 68.18 for me, uh, which is kind of far down the list to count, but somewhere in like the 17 to 20 range, uh, it, which is not that exciting for me. We actually did a film nerds on Seth Williams and Sage Surratt, who we'll talk about uh, in the next show. And uh, yeah, the reason we did those two guys, because there were a lot of mock drafts, guys, I believe, I believe it was Matt Miller uh, had both Sage Surratt and Seth Williams before the season in the first round of NFL mock drafts. And we were like, all right, well, let's watch the tape. And we watched and we were like, I, I would be surprised if they went in the third. Like we, we just were really, really underwhelmed. Uh, and I'll get to Sage Strott next episode, but oh, we, that was something we saw. There was a lot of times where he just, he just took plays off. Uh, he, he just seemed like he was kind of elsewhere for somebody that is so big and can make, he can make some really, really awesome plays at times, but then, you know, he, he doesn't actually track the ball very well. Uh, so he, he doesn't always time up his, uh, his route with with the ball coming down the field it's almost like he he loses track of it at times it was kind of weird very very little yards after the catch uh yeah his top speed is okay uh, but it takes it takes him a little while to get to that top speed so uh, yeah i'm 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 kind of out on seth williams there could be a team that could see him and say there's enough here physically that give us two years to mold this guy and then maybe he can turn into something. And, you know, you could see this big transformation uh, in, in a few seasons, but I, I can't draft hoping that that's going to happen. So for right now, unless he's falling, yeah, fourth round or later, I'm just probably out. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned like his speed doesn't love you. It was weird. Cause I kept, I, I was reading like other people's scouting reports on Seth Williams to see what they had to say about him. You know, I always check after I do my analysis I check other mm-hmm. people's, uh, reports too, in case I missed something I maybe didn't see on film, and I, I saw a couple of people talking about like, oh, they like his speed. I'm like, what? What, what speed? Like, what? Yeah, it it's, it takes him a while. To, like the top speed's okay, but it takes him a while to get there, and no. he's not going to have that kind of time at the NFL level. No, it's but it, I said, I mean, that's that's why I started off strong with his his red zone ability because he looked really good. There. That was <laughs> looked, yeah, that's where he wins. Yeah, that's where he, he wins. He looked really good there, and that was about it. So. All right, let's move on. But before we move on, let's talk about Reality Sports Online, realitysportsonline.com. What is that, you may ask? It's only the number one auction site in the world to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. If you're looking for a salary cap league, an auction website, Reality Sports Online is your go-to site. And right now, you can save 10% with the promo code NERDS at Reality Sports Online right now. So right now, this is a platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy football teams like an NFL general manager. But this gives you an opportunity to get into an auction league that is run smoothly and efficiently. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and so much more. If you think this is very complicated, it's not. Reality Sports Online makes it so easy for you. And the best thing about Reality Sports Online, fantasy front office, is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires a little bit more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite like us? Well, well, not like us, but like some of us. <laughs> wink, wink. 
Uh, this platform <laughs> is just for you. And right now, if you want to think you want to test it out, go to uh, Reality Sports Online right now. They have a mock free agency auction waiting for you right now. You can try for absolutely free. Give it a whirl. See it's for you. There's tons of people out there that live by auction fantasy football. And this is the number one website in the world to offer that. Use that promo code NERDS to get 10% off of your team or your entire league today. All right. Now, guys, I want to tell you, I, I finally invested in Doge this week. So I'm, I'm fully expecting uh, that to tank and, and be absolutely nothing here within the week because uh, high. What's that? What are you getting real high? <laughs> I, I got in when it was at 33 cents. So my brother got in at three cents. He thinks he's the smartest man in the world. It sounds think, pretty smart at the moment. I think Elon Musk, buddy. Yeah, I know, right? I need him to pump it up a little more. It's been a couple of weeks. So, uh, but I should probably invest more in something I know a little bit more about. And that's what you can do over at predictionstrike.com. There is a guy that we're going to talk about next that is a great investment because, yeah, he's going to be super cheap and he might go away. Or he could be one of the biggest boom prospects in the class. We'll talk about him right after this. But he's the type of guy that I would want to buy on predictionstrike.com. It lets you get players, athletes, and use them just like shares in a stock market. Buy, sell, try to buy low, sell high, all of that kind of stuff at predictionstrike.com. They have a great website. They have an incredible app. And best of all, with our promo code DYNASTY, you can receive 10 free dollars with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code DYNASTY to receive $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more over at Prediction Strike. All right, let's move on. Let's have another receiver here. This one out of Florida State. We're talking about Tamorian Terry, six foot three, 207 pounds. Another guy who opted out early in November. Now he opted out. He could say it was COVID, but I believe he knocked out. Well, obviously he was having knee issues. He had to get a little small surgery to clean that up. And his quarterback sucked. So, I mean, this is, for me, it, it, it was an easy decision for him. Well, there's a little controversy around why he opted out, too, just to interject real oh, quick. Oh, interject. I yeah. would never do that. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, he had some issues with his new head coach uh, at the, I believe it was Mike Norvell, uh, at the beginning of spring camp. Him and a couple other players voiced concerns over how he was handling COVID. There's all this hoopla around it. And then, come at that point in the season, some people said he was dismissed from the team. Other people say that he left on his own. There was like a lot of really gray area about what happened exactly there, but we know that there was controversy with him, the head coach all the way back in the spring. Well, we should call Maury Povich and get to the bottom of this. We should do some DNA testing because <laughs> I would like to know the answer. I mean, this is a guy who probably really regrets not coming out last year uh i mean he looked really good in 2019 his 2020 tapes not terrible you know but his 2019 tape looks way better than his 2020 tape and this is a guy who is um he leaves as a 10th all-time receiver at florida state so i mean he's somebody that comes in he was productive while at florida state a guy who at 207 pounds six foot three he looks really skinny but he does offer um so like he plays, he plays stronger than he looks, I guess the best way to put, put it um, really good uh, size, really good speeds, really good yard after the catch kind of wide receiver as well. Yep. 
some of some of the way he catches the ball is, you know, his hands aren't like the greatest at times. He has inconsistency he's, issues there. Yep. He does inconsistency. He yep. holds a record. I saw this. He holds a record with five touchdowns of 70 plus yards yep. and nine over 50 yards, really, which is it's crazy. So you, he just shows you right there. He's a big time player. And this is a guy who, again, he's, he's real skinny, but he could play through tough contacts. I saw like when the defensive backs were being physical with him, he could play through that. I mean, this guy could get the ball and he's gone. If you get any kind of uh, uh, any kind of open coverage there, like a quick a quick slant, he'll go. I mean, he he showed he has really good vision on the field, pretty pretty solid hands at times. But I said it was hit and miss sometimes the way he catches the football. But he he really needs to re- improve his route tree because even though he's explosive, I mean, he didn't run a vast route tree at Florida State. I mean, mostly ran go routes and screens. Um, everything else was very basic, you know, like a, a couple he ran, he ran a couple there. double moves and stuff like that. Got kind of wide ass open on those. And well, I mean, a sluggos, <laughs> I mean, you don't think a sluggos the most common route? Uh, no, I, I do. I'm just yeah. saying, I mean, there's more go than just route, go sluggo. though. I mean, there was, yeah. there's people that are just go guys. And I, I don't, I don't think he should be labeled as that. I think he's pretty sudden in and out of his breaks. I do think he needs to, I think, diversify and, and work on some things there and his route running. It was the it was the inconsistency with the hands, and I, I think that was his biggest weakness. But I mean, obviously, overall, this this year was such a, a big drop off as well. I'm glad you pointed out that the, all the COVID stuff, um, Garrett, because that I think goes a long way to explain the the huge drop off in in his production. I mean, if a guy's in the doghouse, he, he was he the the prior year he had 60 receptions, you know, almost 1200 yards. And now in this, in this, you know, six game shortened season, he only got 23 receptions for 289 yards. So that's a pretty big drop off yeah. in production from one year to the next. Um, but I, I mean, I like him. He's definitely got, he, I think he's got huge upside, but he's got to put them, put some things together, become a more consistent player to kind of reach his potential. So where does that land him? I mean, I could see him being like a, third or fourth round draft pick in the NFL kind of just based off that upside. And, you know, once you're there, you, you have to work your way kind of into a spot. I feel like, sure. um, so if he doesn't prove himself there, he he's one of these guys that could just be gone and, yep. and you never hear from him again, but he could also earn a spot and become a starter. And therefore, you know, he's in the wide receiver three, I think conversation immediately. Um, so and and I think he has wide receiver two upside. I don't think he's ever going to be good enough to be like a wide receiver one type of guy. Um, Hands aren't good enough. No, I don't think so. So that, that's kind of how I see Tamori and Terry. Um, best case, worst case scenario. Yeah. Tamori and Terry is a wild athlete. Like he's just such a good athlete. He moves really well for a guy of his size, not just the straight line, but, you know, he, he's got some wiggle to his game. Yards after catcher there. Uh, there's a lot of things about Tamari and Terry I like. And uh, coming into the season, he was in the top five of the class for me for wide receivers. And it, it was easier because you saw the huge production and things like that. But there are some of the, you know, is there, I, I, I don't, I can't say there's off the field stuff because nothing's been proven either way. It sounds like it was more of a coach thing because a lot of players were coming out and saying stuff about the coach. But it's hard to say anytime a guy leaves on bad terms, that's always weird. I, I think that's the it, best way to say it, it puts up a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, there, there's some of that, but he is a very raw player. Uh, you, we see some of these other guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, who's just 
everything's just tight and and, yeah, and everything yeah. yeah everything's polished Tamorian Terry's just not polished at all like he's a freak athlete that I mean af- athletic ability wise we're talking about he's in a similar class to what we saw from like Chase Claypool last year you know he could easily be one of those type of players will he put it all together at the next level no clue so if you wanted to take him at the tail end of your second round or the beginning of your third round on pure upside I have no issue with it. Just know that you could be lighting that pick on fire. It, there, it, it could be, he has the widest range of outcomes in the class, I think by a wide margin. Yeah, very low floor, uh, very, very fun ceiling. I guess I won't say high ceiling, but like. I think it's pretty high. I, I, so I'm with I, Matt. Like I don't ever see anybody a wide receiver one. I don't think. I don't think he has a skill set to ever be a wide receiver one. I think he offers, like Matt said, I think his, his ceiling is he offers some wide receiver two-year upsides. I mean, I think he could be Chase Claypool. I mean, I I, I see a lot of similarities between the two. He, he can't go up and get the ball. Like Chase, yeah, Chase was like a guy that could dominate over the top of defenders, and I just don't see that in Tamori and Terry. He doesn't go up and get the ball. He's not that kind of wide receiver. No, he's not He's not a huge contested catch guy. You're, yeah. you're correct in that. Um, but, but I think – I think he is just as fast and I think he's more elusive in the open field. Yeah. I really like, I like, I like his vision a lot. Like I, yeah. I like that as larger to the catch it, it, to me, it just boils down to his hand. Like, I think what just hinders me in it is and this is the thing that we don't see a lot of people taking it to another level. Like that doesn't translate to the NFL. Like when we ask players to do this, we don't see it happen very often is we need his hands to be a little bit more consistent and he needs to be a better route runner. Uh, the route runner you know, obviously could become a better route runner. Mm-hmm. But it, and the problem wasn't even just some of his routes, but I saw too, it's like, I, like, even like get, get in out of his breaks. Like, like it, it's like he had to think about it, you know, like he would like for a fast guy, like he lose some speed getting out of his breaks. And, and for me, it's, I get, and I'm not demoralizing him here at all. Cause I do. I like him at the back end of the second, third round too. I think I'm, I, I don't hate the guy cause he does offer some upside, but you're right. Such a low floor. Like you, you sure. said you could like this pick on fire, but I, I don't see that wide receiver one upside at all. Personally. I, I no, see- I don't, but I could, I could see wide receiver too. I think he, I think he could live there potentially. I mean, uh, if you're talking, you know, Tamori and Terry or Seth Williams, for me, it's Tamori and Terry. Oh, oh yeah. By a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I think we're on and, the same page there. And the more like you mentioned names, Garrett, and just more Seth, I said, Oh, back end of the second, or uh, I mean, in the third round, I would take him. But <laughs> You're mentioning guys that I forgot about. <laughs> like, oh yeah, another, oh yeah, another drop down. Yeah, I would take Demorian Terry over Seth Williams every single time. And there's a couple mm-hmm. receivers we're talking about. Uh, well, literally just a couple that would also take over uh, <laughs> Seth Williams as well. So, but at least Demorian Terry does. Uh, you know, a, a guy who's big, a guy who's fast, a guy who has really good vision, a guy that in today's NFL you could hit with a quick slant who could take it to the house every single time. That's what I like. But I mean, you. You can only run that quick slant so many times. You know what I mean? Before, like, sure. it, it, you know, defensive coordinators are going to shut it down. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, where else is he going to expand his game? That's what worries me about Tamori and Terry, Terry. But I'm with you, Garrett. I do like his upside of fantasy football potential. It's just, I like, I, I think Tamori and Terry is one of those guys, like, if he hits, is like, you like him as your wide receiver four. That's where I like him at. Sure. Sure. Uh, the one place I really want to, every time I do a mock, I always in like the third round, send him to the chiefs. Cause I just think he would be so much fun there and they could use a guy with a little bit of size. 
I know, I know, but they, I mean, I guess they can use a sizer. They have uh, Travis right now, and I'll say speed wise, they have, you know, they got me cold Hardman. I think they're just going to stick with it. Just if you don't run a sub four, five, four, four, five, you, you can't be on our team. That's he it. just makes the cut four, four, four. Yeah, nice. He fits that system. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the next guy, Daz Newsom, five foot 10, 190 pounds. Uh, for me, this is a guy who is a slot receiver. He's yeah. a slot wide receiver. He was a, a former cornerback, I think, coming in uh, to North Carolina. He was like a, the number one recruit coming out of Virginia, I think, that year as cornerback. But, um, yeah, he's like a slot feet. guy. I think – I mean, he's a punt returner, so he makes people miss in the open field. Um, I think he was pretty sharp in and out of cuts. I just – he doesn't have a ton of upside, though. I mean, he's right. a four, five, nine type of guy. He's fast enough. I, You know, if he gets into the right – system where he's getting fed the ball a ton i mean he could be a wide receiver three maybe four most, most likely but uh, he, he would have to be like a a, a jamison crowder you know what i mean like he he could do that okay. and if he got 150 targets he could convert 100 of them to be a wide receiver three <laughs> to be a wide receiver three yeah like that's how i see 150 it. Targets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I really like hey stranger think, things have happened that's all i'm saying <laughs> i think he's somebody that is a very solid college receiver, right? Like he what he does at the college level works. What he does will not work at the next level. I mean, the guy can stop and go very well, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has really quick feet, but like he's not, he's not even, he's not even tricking college defensive backs, like let alone NFL defensive backs. I mean, to me, sometimes like he's almost moves too much. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Hey buddy, why don't you go run your route? Uh, Something gets a little too fancy pants and right. And everything he did was close to the line of scrimmage. You know, he's not going to beat you over the top. He just doesn't have the speed for it. So, and he's not big in five foot 10, 190 pounds. Um, And if, if you're that size in the NFL and you don't blaze, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have to really earn everything you get. And you had, you'd have to be special as a route runner, I think um, in order to gain separation. And I don't think he's special. I mean, does he have room to grow? Maybe. I mean, maybe he's, He's a, a lot corner, of energy. He's a converted cornerback. Uh, maybe he does have a little bit of room to grow and become a little bit better route runner. Um, but he's going to take some time to develop. I think to even, I think he'll make an NFL team. I think he's going yeah. to be on an NFL team. Um, I just, I struggle to find where he's going to help your dynasty team much. Yeah, that's that's yep. Like not knock on him. Again, I think he's a solid college player. I don't think he helps your dynasty team yeah. at all. Yeah, I think I think he's a good like depth player uh, on an NFL team, a fourth or fifth receiver on an NFL team, and I think he he seems like a guy that tries to do all the little things right. Uh, you see him even out there, even though he's not very big, really trying to put his nose in there in the run blocking, uh, trying to do all the little things right. Uh, so, and they they use some gadgety stuff to try to get him involved in, and he would make plays, uh, but he still wasn't making a ton of plays downfield. It was mostly closer to the line of scrimmage stuff, but he is pretty quick. He's definitely quicker than fast. And and you saw him make some plays because of that. He came in with a a 72 flat for me. And, but it's, it's, this is one of those scenarios where his, his score probably even ended up a little bit higher than I would actually draft him just because there wasn't, there weren't a lot of things to say like, this was terrible. And, you know, I could like really nerf the score there. He was, he was okay enough in a lot of areas that it kind of helped level things out for him. 
but you you guys are absolutely right. Like I just can't ever imagine wanting to start a Daz Newsome on my fantasy football team. You could do much, much better. I think he's he's going to be a great special teams player. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's a great call, Jerry, because he like he has a lot of tenacity. He's very feisty. You know, like he's a mm-hmm. high energy guy. Like you said, you get his nose in the piles. Like, yeah, I can envision him being a very solid special teams player. Uh, that's a good call. But that, that's it. Nobody you're ever going to start in your dynasty roster. Let's talk about the last guy of the show here. Let's talk about TJ Vasher out of Texas Tech. Six foot six, 203 pounds. And like, and like most receivers that come to the NFL that are six foot six, they're probably not going to pan out. Um, <laughs> this is a guy, I mean, true, man. he's got so really true. long arms. He's got a really big wingspan. He's 84 six and six. three eighths inches. 84 and three eighths. It's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, this guy was a division one basketball prospect. 37 you know, like, inch vertical. You can tell. Yeah, you definitely uh, come, comes from pedigree. His uncle uh, was Nathan Vasher, former quarterback, I believe. Was that for the Titans? I mean, he was uh, Bears, I think. Bears. Okay. Um, so it comes from pedigree. But I mean, when you watch the kid play, I mean, he has no play strength whatsoever. None. Um, I mean, yeah. his route, his speed is subpar. And like for him to run his routes, because how tall he is, I mean, he literally has to like stop to get in and out of his breaks. It's just, it's, I don't know, man. It's his hands aren't even that great either. <laughs> I mean, he can just, go up and get the ball though. He can well, make yeah, the spectacular. Six, six, six. Play. He doesn't have to jump. He just puts his hands up like I got it. <laughs> but I mean, that, but that's it. Though. You know, that's it. That this uh, the way he plays football with his size and what he brings to the table. I I don't. I barely don't even see him make an NFL roster. Unfortunately, he's too tall and skinny. He doesn't yeah. play with great leverage. He That's The one thing that he can do is, I think, be bigger than everybody and jump <laughs> over them. <laughs> like, uh, that's... The that's one thing the, you can do is be bigger. <laughs> like, who's oh, going to be out... Th- Who's going to be out there in the defensive backfield at six foot six? Nobody. And you, and you can barely to... get an offensive lineman at that height. Exactly. <laughs> it's Joe Hayden on uh, Denzel Ward's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the way to cover him, I guess. I think um, probably they probably keep up with him. They they probably could. You're right. Um, so yeah, he's. I don't know. He's he's one of these guys that I think, you know. 10 years ago or 15 years ago, there would have been a, a, a probably a bigger role for him yep. in the NFL than there is nowadays. And there's just, well, there's not a big spot for him. A six foot six guy. That's 203 pounds anymore. There, there's going to be guys that we did not mention during our whole rookie breakdowns. They're going to leap above a sure. guy like TJ Basher, right? Yeah. Guys that we haven't even discussed that the NFL draft is going to pro- like propel ahead of guy TJ Basher. This is a guy that you literally take with your last pick in the draft just because you remember his name. I I, I uh, have him with a grade of 55.35, which is Lord, that's terrible. With, which is literally the lowest score in the class. And that was even getting boosted by having a 9.5 catch radius. Because uh, he's so tall. Because he's, he's so, so tall. tall. His long arms are so long, too. It's crazy. So yeah, I'm uh I am all the way out. He's got a 10 and a 10 and a quarter inch hands also. So, I mean, it just keeps getting everything is the, grab the everything. crazy part is he's also a fifth year senior. Yes, he is. And with that fifth year, he got a total of what? 200 yards. <sighs> 227. I would, I would draft a kicker over him in a no kicker league. 
Like he's just he's just long. That's it. He's just That's long. It. He's just bigger than everyone. That's it. Yeah. I'm taking Drew Brees. He just retired. I'd still rather have him. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's some name notoriety there. Yeah. Julian Edelman. He could come back. Well, if you think TJ Basher is uh bad, wait your turn the next show. We got a couple more guys that were up his alley. Um, there's some good ones gonna, in there, but there's we are gonna talk really about bad. Elijah Moore. Yes. Um, and this guy is a top five dynasty prospect for sure. I can't wait to get into them. We're going to close out our rookie content in our next show, the Nerd Herd episode. If you're not a member of the Nerd Herd, what are you waiting for? Get out there. Um, and, and I saw a tweet out there, a non-solicited tweet today saying, hey, but guys, like, uh, I, if you're in more than five Dynasty Leagues and you're not u- using Dynasty GM, you're doing it wrong. There's no tool in the market today better than Dynasty GM that's going to help manage your offseason. You know, the summer is meant. After this NFL draft, I mentioned you have a lot of free time on your hands. What are you going to do? It's about evaluating your dynasty rosters. And of course, that's real easy to do, you know, when you have one dynasty league, two dynasty leagues. But who wants to do that? There's no fun in that. You want to play in multiple dynasty leagues. The dynasty GM helps you, helps you totally manage all that so efficiently and so smoothly and lets you look at your teams from a realistic uh, perspective which is the hardest thing to do in Dynasty. I think it's one of the biggest challenges in Dynasty fans for a to play is to look at your team realistically and to look at your team as a whole amongst the rest of your league. It's a really hard thing to do to always look at yourself and think you're a contender when you're more stuck in the middle. And when you play Dynasty fantasy football, the worst thing you could possibly do is be stuck in the middle. You either win the ship or you're rebuilding with a lot of young talent so you can win multiple ships. And Dynasty GM is going to help you do that and I'm not going to hear and tell you all the things you could do because I'm just going to ask you to go check it out for free and see what I could do. Get to dynastynerds.com. Click on it. You see it as soon as you get on the website, which has been revamped free for three days to try it out. Just upload your team. If you play an FFPC, Flea Flicker, Sleeper, MFL. We got ESPN coming soon. We got a lot of different formats coming here to promote your leagues. All you do is enter your league ID. We do the rest of the work for you. If you play in a league that does not hope we host, you can upload your entire team manually within 10 minutes. This is a tool that I promise once you try it, you're going to love it. And we give you an opportunity to try for free at dynastynerds.com. Check it out. You get so much more. You hear Garrett mention the nerd scores all the time in these rookie breakdowns. You can look at last year's nerd scores and this year's nerd scores. You get our rankings, you get the Dynasty GM, you get the bonus podcast, and so much more. And of course, the Dynasty Nerd Film Room, where we watch our film, where you get regular game tapes and all 22 film room access for some of these players as well. Check it out, DynastyNerds.com. Try that free trial. And I guarantee you won't miss it. We're going to go into the next show next with the Nerd Herd episode, kicking off a little Elijah more. I can't wait. Sounds great, man. I can't wait either. Adios.